on a parallel Earth. My world is similar to yours in many ways, but very different in others. Luthor's new Justice League is not to be underestimated. Supervillains rule the planet. We were systematically destroyed by a group of superpowered beings known as the Crime Syndicate. They have the same superpowers as the Justice League, but with an evil twist. Take them down. They're willing to kill. Get ready for an all-new animated original movie from DC Universe. Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, and the rest of the Justice League. It's okay. We'll take it from here. In a battle against their criminal counterparts. I'm the baddest of the bad. Anybody who ever stood in my way is dead. Two Earths, two leagues, one epic battle. Justice League, Crisis on Two Earths. Nice place. Mr. President, I think I'm going to like it here. And add this word to your vocabulary Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor I'm just the definition of a Fanboy, baby I'm a nerd overdrive I will always survive Fanboy, baby Feel so alive watching Babylon But born to be a fanboy, baby Ooh, listen up, fanboy Thank you. This is Derek McCaw, Editor-in-Chief of FanboyPlanet.com, and we are podcasting on Wednesday, January 27th, 2016, uh, from all over the state of California. Once again, as, as Rick called this, it's the Skypeverse. I like best that it's been rebooted less than Marvel and DC's universes, the Skypeverse. Costless, it's, too. It's more stable. Uh, so, if you are listening to us on iTunes, please uh, subscribe. Please uh, write a review and share with your friends that uh, you enjoyed the Fanboy Planet podcast. You can do the same on the Stitcher app. Uh, we're looking into getting onto Amazon. And you can, of course, find us at fanboyplanet.com, where each and every podcast has an individual page and a nifty illustration done by Rick's ever-growing Photoshop skills. <laughs> and uh, I, that was a nifty gift a couple weeks ago. And, uh, of course, while you're there, I did mention Amazon, where if you hear about some book, a movie or some uh, item that you'd like to purchase that we've talked about on the podcast and you cannot find it at your local brick-and-mortar store, please go ahead and use the Amazon link that's there on the right-hand side. If you're on the on the web page, if you're on your mobile device, it's below the article. You can find pretty much everything we talk about at Amazon, and we get a very tiny kickback. And as well, if you uh, would like to help with the pay for the hosting of the Fanboy Planet podcast, you can use the PayPal a link that is also there. So, and of course, if you have any questions, comments, commentary, criticism, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. We might read your email on the air. So, uh, we've got some comics news, we've got some movie news, we've got some TV news, uh, and we're going to focus on comics tonight with a top story of, uh, because it's not the first time that in the past few weeks that I've seen an article uh, interviewing different comics retailers that Marvel and DC sales are dropping. And there's no... Uh, now, the sales figures 
overall, the don't seem to be. Marvel still has a, a huge share, but a lot of it is Star Wars. And last week, DC, Dan DiDio and Jim Lee both tweeted uh, images of a blue curtain with the words rebirth on it. So the rumor is that in June, we're going to get all <clears throat> line-wide number ones again. Now, I don't know if that means reboot, but it does seem like an act of desperation to get people interested. Yeah, the Thoughts? blue curtain was an interesting, I mean, the curtain coming up, curtain going down, curtain <laughs> staying there, well, rebirth. The is, are retailers concerned that sales in their stores are dropping, but Marvel and DC aren't concerned because the retailers are buying from them and they have already sold those books? Right, I think that's really it, that that, that uh, they've got fewer people reading Marvel in DC. I don't think that sales are dropping overall for retailers, but I think that's things that speaks to the pop, growing popularity of Boom, Image, Oni, Dark Horse, all these other publishers, the more what used to be considered alternative, they're gaining more and more market, market share in the stores. You know, the, uh, the store but, that... Oh, go ahead. But, yeah, the, the readership in general for DC and Marvel specifically seems to be dropping. Now, the store I buy my comics at is right on the on the glide path for a lot of kids leaving a local high school and elementary school. And so I'm occasionally in there when they're picking out their stuff. And those those purchasers, and I have to say more and more of the millennials I see in there, are buying independence and they're buying image which is pretty much mm -hmm. a rationalized independent um and less are buying less and less of the comics of the marvel and dc and even even in the store itself i think the the management doesn't buy, doesn't really read uh much of the superhero stuff well, if I, I know the store well, and we can we can name Neil uh, as the uh, store owner. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, I know he was an Uncle Scrooge fan. Yes, uh, but even when he worked at the big guys back in the '90s, he did not really read superheroes. He would ask me, uh, <laughs> so yeah, what was yeah, going yeah. on, so he could recommend. Um, he, you know, uh, but there, yeah, I mean, that, that's what what they're seeing, and I, and I feel like there's kind of a but the rumor mean... about rebirth. It doesn't mean yeah. that uh, that the industry itself isn't healthy. It just no, means it's healthy. Sales are up. There's a like there's graphic. a ton of new books coming out that are not published by Marvel and DC. And there are a ton of new books coming out that are published by Marvel and DC. They're just not selling if they're not Star Wars. And, oh, and the other problem is they're all going to be number ones, and number twos aren't going to sell. That's true too. It's a it, even if it does work as a rebirth, it's a one month bump. Yeah, and so people will take it. Take it. I mean, and I do the same thing. You buy a number one and go, all right. Uh, you know, I'll check that out. Um, I mean, I, I talked to somebody at the shop that I go to today who said, like, she will only buy that. She no longer buys individual issues. She buys buys trade paperbacks because she can donate those to the local library. Ah, interesting. They won't take individual issues, but since. You know, it's very rare that there really are comics that are, as we've talked about before, that are really the investment that comics, you know, in the 90s people thought comics would be. You know, you buy them and then you've got a box and you go, well, 
at best is going to end up in a quarter bin unless you've got something really, really rare, and that just doesn't happen anymore, uh, or doesn't seem to. You know, so again, we've talked about that. Like occasionally, a book will take off, like The Walking Dead, and the early issues are hard to find. But you know, is that market? really still there i mean i like you know we'll talk later that uh, valiant made fun of that a little bit today with the first issue of one of their books um but you know i, I mean just, just think about that you know how does a kid we've talked about that too how does a kid get involved and if these number ones the rumor for rebirth is that it's going to be focusing on characters that already have uh transmedia presence right so you're going to see Batman and Superman because you've got Batman v Superman coming out. Uh, I don't think it's going to be like they're going to homogenize everything to go with the movie and TV versions because for DC that's too hard to do because there's so many different movie and TV versions that will be happening in the next few years. You can't tailor your line to a certain viewpoint of a character when it's clear that the Ezra Miller version of Barry Allen is going to be very different from the Grant Gustin version of, of Barry Allen. Now, and which which Superman do you use? You know? Now, how, how far was it? I, I just need some background here. How long was it between the initial crisis and the crisis that followed that? If we'll consider the crisis that followed that to be zero hour, it was yeah. ten years. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was close to a decade. So, the initial, the initial, the first... DC reboot, you know, intentional cross crisis on infinite edit, earths. Yeah. Edit, editor approved and managed reboot of their universe was Crisis in Infinite Earths, and they did it not so much to make sales, but to make stories make more sense. That's that was the the line at the time, right? Yes. Because the, for years they had just had a bunch of independent editors rewriting uh, surprise uh, bits of background that never real really connected with a bunch of other surprise backgrounds that would occur in stories. And the the idea that we have now um, reboots that are that are trying to reconnect with the lost buyers and and or be more competitive and or just you know get a bunch of number ones out there so they can they can bump profit or a tidy little new 52 um partial rhyme the the idea that the story has lost lost its its importance in all this and dc for me was always the heroes of consistency you know back in the day it was, oh, sure, I but, knew yeah. what Superman was about. I knew what Batman was about. I knew, you know, if I was to pick up Batman right now, I would be entirely lost. Superman, I might part, have a little bit of a clue, but Batman is just so different. Well, I would say that Superman, like uh, today's issue, has him crushing a piece of kryptonite. So, yes, right. you would, uh, you could pick up some things. It looks very... Uh, Oh, but you know, if you, when you look inside, it looks even more strange. But he's but he's got the t-shirt. It's this. Right. It's still the t-shirt version and the close cropped hair. Yeah, he's going to go back to the old way. We've, right. we've been told. Issue fifty. Um, but the question, you know, I well, I mean, what you say there? Okay. The the heroes of consistency. But what does the hero of consistency mean to a twelve year old who 
by the way, is more likely, you know, really to want to get the, the Lego Avengers game, uh, video game than the Avengers comics. Um, but a comment like that I got on the, on the Facebook page was, I've always liked DC as a, from Forrest Elam, who's older, older guy, who said, I always liked DC. It's a shame to hear about this. But how long had it been since he'd read them? You know, it, it's been 30 or 40 years since he was reading comics. Yeah. So I don't know that consistent. I mean, to be fair, you know, it, there, there was a reboot we always ignore, um, which was from a 1938. Uh, in 1956, it rebooted with Barry Allen instead of Jay Garrick as the Flash, and and what eventually became the division into Earth One and Earth Two. But though there was never a hard reboot for Superman, Batman, or Wonder Woman, or for that matter, Aquaman or Green Arrow, um, they weren't. The continuity wasn't as tight either, so that didn't matter. You just picked up yeah, any people issue, didn't care. and you, you you didn't care. Is what you're saying? Yeah. They, and people didn't care because, you know, they weren't right. looking for the continuity. Right. And now we are. And and so, but and I'm saying is, you know, DC long ago lost the readers that are most lamenting the changes. It's just I get, I you know, it feels like, well, maybe it's because, I, because we're older and time seems to move faster. Uh, <laughs> that it's, it hasn't been, uh, it's, it's just been four years since the reboot of the new 52. Right. And don't like that continuity. They, and some of it's seeping back. Like I haven't read it, but the Titans hunt book seems to be, they are remembering things from a different reality. And as a result of convergence, you had a Superman and Lois who were running around in hiding, who were the, um, you know, who were from an older or a, a different continuity as well. And it's been pointed out, I you know, I've been, I was enjoying it as a book separately, but Martian Manhunter, even something that had been dropped from the new 52 version of him, but is now back, and it's just a subtle clue that something is, is up, is that he likes cookies again. And, cookies you know, or Oreo cookies? Wasn't it, it specifically Oreos before? It, or they couldn't call, they it called Oreos. called it Oreos. It just, the, you just knew because it had chocos. a white center. They were called Chacos. <laughs> um Trader okay. Joe O's, or what do they call them? <laughs> oh golly, Costco's. Uh, oh god. Um, no, now it's got a British twist. He is one of his. Which, by the way, I still say, if anybody wants to pick up just an interesting sci-fi retelling of or, or ver, take on Martian Manhunter, he's been split to protect Earth from a Martian plan. He split himself into several different personalities and bodies. And so it's it's one of them who he calls himself. The kids call him Mister Biscuits, and so it's biscuits. He means cookies, but that's, oh yeah, but that, that's it. It's a really interesting uh, and a storyline that's gone on. I, I'm impressed further than one trade paperback. Like they're really the guy. They're really telling a real epic, but you know. So there have been some interesting reboots that work for me, but uh, you know. I don't know, but it's been a long time since I've read Flash. Uh, I read Superman because I like. Uh, I've been pretty consistent in liking uh, Gene Yang's work on it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I was reading Scott Snyder, who's moving over to Detective, switching from Batman to Detective. And uh, so, yeah, I, I I don't know, but if anybody's listening and would, I mean, I know people are listening, but if anybody wants to write in 
and give their opinion about what's been going on for them for DC and Marvel. You know, I like I know I'm buying all the Star Wars books, and I know that when uh, I walk into the store, I see a lot of pull box, uh, you know, pull folders, whatever you would say, are full of Star Wars, Doctor Who, uh, you know, licensed books. I mean, that is pulling it in. So if DC really is trying to align to their TV series. I can understand that it's not the stu- you know from a from a bean counter's perspective, it, it 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 makes sense because people are attracted to that. More people are say last night the Flash ratings were it's it, it was top for the night, highest rated show of the evening. But and, they had a Smallville comic and that nobody bought that. Yeah, but that's because right. it was Smallville. And I bought it. Different, Everybody was, loved Smallville. I bought it. I bought it for you. I bought it up through when they brought in Green Lantern into that. Story. Ah, yes. Uh, but there you go, uh, Nate. Sure, but still, my point would be for you know because Bean Counters you know revolve and they go and somebody is always newly discovering that money should be made off of comics um, as D, as Warner Brothers has shifted who's in charge of DC around over and over, um, that, you know, more people still watched The Flash last night. It's a, let's say even if, it, you know, a high rate of 3 million people. Right. That's uh, 2,960,000 <laughs> more <laughs> than bought, bought the, the last issue of The Flash. <laughs> yes, know? yes. So, True. you know, that's... But it's an economy of scale, too, because it costs a lot less to produce that book than it costs to produce an episode. You probably have the the cost for one episode funding the production of the book for a whole year. But I'll be fair. It would cost me more to buy that one book than That's would true watch too. the TV That's show. Too. So, you know, even even if we'll, we'll factor in my subscription to Hulu, uh, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. is where I usually watch The Flash, uh, but I watch a lot of other things, too. So, you know, I watch The Flash for pennies. Versus the two ninety nine to three ninety nine that they that DC wants me to shell out per month. Uh, so anyway, I don't know that we have an answer. It's just an interesting story, and I want, you know, again, wanted to pull in the rebirth issue in Marvel. I mean, I don't know with a lot. Apparently, a lot of those books that they've relaunched in the wake of Secret Wars are already kind of faltering, despite the critical acclaim that basically everybody's saying Secret Wars was a great story, and which I agree it was. It had a lot of great stories that kind of collided with each other. I'll give you that. I don't think it was as cohesive as I would have potentially liked. But no, I. But I mean, if you if you were just straight through, say the first issue, maybe one issue in the middle and the ending. You're just talking about the Secret Wars title. About the Secret Wars title and establishing the new status quo for the members of the Fantastic Four. Yeah. Uh, you know what was happening, and I didn't realize. And maybe you can tell me now. Can we say you know? the last page of Secret Wars was actually completely ruined by Invincible Iron Man. Really? Because mm. Doctor Doom showed up yes. in the first issue yeah. of Iron Man yeah. without so, his scars. So we, yeah, we the restored face, which we discussed right. a couple weeks ago. Which was like sort of the reward and the fate of right. Doctor Doom from Secret Wars is like, oh, but four months ago, I wasn't reading Iron Man, but I know you were. And it's like, well, four months ago, you already knew that was what was going to happen to it. But you know what I, I, I interpreted that, that last panel being? Reed Richards to Victor saying, 
I don't hold anything against you. No, I know. That's exactly what I, I exactly. But you know, that's the that's the de- emotional depth of it. Yeah. But I'm saying, you know, the, that it's, you know, I, I mean, which I felt back in the '80s with the original Secret Wars too. Is like, I really wasn't. Oh, Spider Man came back with a black costume. That's interesting. And it was more interesting than how did Spider-Man get a black costume, you know? Like, yeah. ultimately, yeah. oh, he put a penny in an intergalactic gumball machine and a suit came out. <laughs> you know? Well, we, so, d- we also did get a rotating fourth member of the Fantastic Four for a while. Oh, that's true. That's true. So, anyway, we can move on to regular comics. Uh, it was announced today, by the way, that the uh, GLAD, gay and lesbian uh, I, yeah, you know, I'm actually not sure what GLAD stands for, um, but it's uh, an organization uh, for alternatives. Uh, you know, GLAD Media Awards nominated comics. I didn't even, I wasn't even aware that they that they were uh, giving awards to a comic that's the best representation of of gays and lesbians. Uh, the GL BQT used to be. The Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation. Defamation. Okay, then I think it probably still is. I just couldn't keep track of both. Uh, I, I knew the defamation was there. I just lost um, the A. No, okay. before, let's see, before March 2013, that's what it was. It now, changed. Now, yeah. yeah. Name change. On March 24, 2013, it announced that it had formally dropped Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation from their name and would now be known only as GLAD to reflect the work more accurately. Oh, so okay. it's just the letters. That's all it is. Okay. Well, I'm all for that. Uh, so uh, they've nominated Angela, Queen of Hell, from Marvel, Harley Quinn from DC, Lumberjanes from Boom Studios, uh, Midnighter from DC, and The Wicked and the Divine from Image. And I've read some Harley Quinn. I've read some Lumberjanes. And I've read some Wicked and the Divine. Have either of you guys? I read Rick? Mid- I read Midnighter, and I was a fan of that book all through Image, and even when they brought it initially into DC. But I didn't. The the new new one just didn't get me, so I'm not reading it now. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. I, I'm not reading any of those regularly. I, I did pick up the Wicked and the Divine early on, and then I said I got to get the trades because I, it was just. Um, a couple of issues sort of like got lost in my stack, and I went, okay, I'll just buy the trade because I did enjoy it. It was a very interesting idea, uh, and I really like uh, Karen, the creators Karen Gillen and Karen Gillen, yes. not Karen Gillen, and uh, Jamie McKelvey, uh, who had also done Phonogram for Image. Uh, so really interesting creators, an interesting story about basically the gods coming down and, and being worshipped as part of youth culture, and uh, it's. Uh, it's a pretty intriguing book. Uh, Harley Quinn, I blow hot and cold on, but that's okay. Um, and I haven't been reading Angela, Queen of Hell at all. Have you? You haven't picked that up either? I bought the first couple of issues and then just decided that I dropped it for the same reason I dropped it when it was an image. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, you know, and then uh, Lumberjanes. I, I know a lot of people that love it. Uh, I got to get another <laughs> read. I read the first issue long ago and... Uh, so, uh, but I know people just rave about it. So I, you know, yeah, it's I'd good. Like to... I read the first uh, trade. So okay, cool. Uh, so uh, we get to announce. Uh, well, it's already been announced, but we get to say locally, Alan Tudyk, because we reported on uh, his book 
uh, Spectrum, which is the show within the show of Con Man, his web series. Uh, he's going to be, the first issue will be free uh, for Free Comic Book Day. And he is coming to the San Jose area twice in the next few months. Uh, first, he's going to be appearing at the Silicon Valley Comic Con, but he's also going to be signing at Elusive Comics and Games in Santa Clara on May 11th. So uh, we should piece up on Fanboy Planet where you can find some information and follow a link to uh, eventually uh, get tickets because it's only a three-hour window. Uh, and I'm going to imagine this is going to be a very popular popular event. Should clarify for people who don't know Con Man right. that uh, Con- Spectrum is a Star Trek slash uh, Star Wars slash Farscape um, story that uh, it's, it's a kind of a riff on the whole galaxy quest thing where something he did in his past and he can't get a new job um well that's con man right right is but because of being in the show spectrum spectrum, yeah it's sort of sort of lightly parodying his experiences having been a cult favorite for firefly for joss whedon you know that's why he has nathan pillian there as well and if if enough movies alan tudyk there were some people say at elusive comics and games is when oh steve the pirate from Dodgeball, uh, but also uh, Turbo from Wreck-It Ralph, and he's been doing a lot of voices for Disney, um, and just really and one of my favorite uh, horror movies in the last ten years, uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil, uh, which if you haven't seen it, uh, it's on Netflix right now. You should. Um, so he's going to be coming as along with his co-writer on the comic book, P.J. Harsma, and uh, the editor. Of the book Shannon Eric Denton, uh, so uh, I was just talking to Shannon a little a little bit ago. See if we can uh, maybe talk to them at Silicon Valley Comic Con before the the comic actually comes out. So we wanted to highlight those, and then we cut turn to that section of the podcast, which we call musically sometimes. What's in the bag? What's in the bag? All right, because it's Wednesday. We've dreamed of going to the comic book store. Sometimes we succeed, sometimes we don't, but there are always books that we'd be interested in recommending. Nate, what would you buy if you... Have, did, did you... Uh, have you gotten to go and uh, pick up your Walking Deads? No. Oh, sorry. No. 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 <laughs> I haven't been able to do anything. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> welcome to welcome to fatherhood. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe what I should have gotten you, you a trade. What book would you buy for Mary Jane? Uh, uh, I would have purchased her Savage Dragon 211. Oh, excellent. Excellent. All right. Uh, by Eric Larson from Image Comics. And we by a friend, friend of the program, Eric Larson. Oh, yes, indeed. <laughs> I'm very happy to say that. I, I love Eric. It's His conversations are always great. So we're going to get one of those soon again. Uh, what Rick would be the first in your stack? Well, the first one, the first one in my stack, we've already talked a little bit about. It'd be Superman issue number forty-eight, the one ah, with crushing the uh, kryptonite on the front cover. And I, this is mostly because I don't think you know. I I, I ragged on the whole um, reboot of uh, of Superman and Batman recently, and. With the exception of the fact that his identity's been blown and you know they're going to come up with some kind of deus ex machina that's going to give yeah. him his secret identity back, and those things always crap out for me, uh, but maybe they'll do it right. I don't know. I, I, I couldn't do it. Um, 
the whole depowered Superman with the T-shirt and being among the people and the whole we are all Superman stuff, the, the themes of this book have been resonating for me very strongly. Him having to accept that his friends can be part of the solution instead of him having to protect them all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's a, and I've loved the, I keep, I, everyone wants to call it Hodor root, but it's Hodor root, um, Hodor, 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 uh, root, uh, the, uh, cyber villain, uh, was really quite interesting. The build up to that and the, yeah. him and his crew and then the Vandal Savage crew, uh, it's been a it's been a great little run, and I'm actually I'm I'm looking forward to the conclusion, and then the rebirth of the Superman title in issue fifty. And so this this actually, I don't think there's been a time when a Superman related issue has gone to the top of my read pile, but this goes to the top of my read pile this week. Yeah, I got to think uh, maybe when J. Michael Straczynski started the walk across America and then he left it. Yeah. Like a couple of issues were really strong, were and really then strong. it just—and again, it was kind of the same thing, you know. Yeah, him down among the people, and you know, it's not—it's the—it's the counter to the oh, he's an alien among us, and really, it's the we are all Superman, you know, kind of. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Here is okay. a consistency. There you go. Well, then, uh, top of my read pile uh, this week was a book we talked about a couple of times on the podcast, and it finally is out after much anticipation from Valiant Entertainment, Faith. Uh, not Faith as in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but Faith, uh, whose actual superhero secret identity is Zephyr, but she barely uses it in the Valiant Universe as part of Harbinger. Um, what I really liked about this and got to read it was that it's accessible. I'm not caught up on Harbinger. I discovered uh, Valiant a little late, and just last year like got a, a big stack of trade paperbacks and have been working my way through them on top of everything else that I read and, and loving them. Like I devoured the first three volumes of Harbinger in, in basically, you know, three days, one a day because it was so good. And, uh, but I'm clearly behind. And yet this mini series, which I hope it turns into something more than a mini series is, uh, it's only four, four issues long, but it's very accessible. There's a quick catch up, uh, or rather it's not even, it, it's, it integrates what has recently happened to her, but it's a new status quo for her in Van Nuys, California. And what I really love about the character is that, as they say, she's the <laughs> has an editorial in the back that says she's the superhero you can talk Doctor Who with, and that they don't make up fake uh, properties. You know, she's she's a fan like everybody else, and so. It's like if you could imagine any one of us suddenly getting superpowers, that's what faith is. You know, she's yeah. she's on the chat room. She's she's talking. She's working for a blog site like Buzz Buzzfeed, and it, you know, and, and while at the same time, she goes off and she uses super her superpowers to fight crime in in L.A. And uh, but you know, meanwhile, she's also like you know trying to find friends to watch whatever the latest TV show is that everybody's talking about. And so she's fun. She's real. She's one of the most real characters in superhero comics that there have been in a long, long time. So definitely recommend this book. Yeah, she's kind of she's uh, kind of a spin-off of the same kind of reality that brought uh, Ms. Marvel out. Yeah, I'd say so. Although, I see the thing is, 
faith, Valiant established faith before Ms. Marvel was created. Before, right. the, before no, Kamala Khan. But, totally agree. You know, it, it, and that was Josh Dysart who did that in the pages of Harbinger. I don't think it got as much notice. And, and that's not to say, well, there's room for both. You can love both. And, and should, because you're right. Kamala Khan is also a very realistic teenager. Love her. So, there you go. Anything else on your list this week? I've actually got two more books for our normal three. So, yes, I do have another one. Okay, what is it? A book that's in everybody's top five on this podcast, Saga number 33. Yeah, how long has it been since the last issue? Uh, is this the first one back from the break? I think so. No, they had one. Did they? Last month. Yeah, t- 32 came out last month. Okay. Yes, yes. And 31 yes. came out in October. Okay. Excuse me, November. Hmm. And... Short break. Okay. So the, it picked back up in November from, I want to say, summer. I have to admit I'm about 10 issues behind, but... Um, boy, I love the cover on this one. <laughs> ten issues reading. You have all ten sitting there waiting for you to read them. Yes. Yes, he does. We just need time, Rick. That's, That's all we need. Time. We're like Burgess Meredith in the Twilight Zone. All right. <laughs> no, this is the, the cover on this one is those giant kelp-like things. They're obviously underwater swimming. and It's such a beautiful cover. Well, cool. They always what? are. Very true. What's next on your on yours, Rick? Next on mine is Old Man Logan number one, which ah. I'm going to make an observation here that uh, so the the uh, original miniseries of Old Man Logan it was uh, in the apocalyptic future where. Logan had been mind-tricked into uh, some atrocities against his fellow heroes, and all the all the bad guys had ganged up together and killed off all the rest of them. And now, it, now it was Logan on a vision quest, going across the uh, across the wasteland on his uh, his own mission, um, which of course got picked up in Secret Wars. And uh, then we've got this new new book. Now, we've already seen Logan in um, at least one of the team books. I'm trying to remember which one. Did it come out this week? I don't think so. Um, I don't know if it's Uncanny Avengers or if it's... Uh, I don't See, think, I don't know. I don't no, think it's an X-Men book. I think it's an Avengers book. Yeah. No, it I is. Th- it's uh, Extraordinary Avengers has him on it. Yeah, extraordinary Avengers. Extraordinary, See, I don't know. Is that extraordinary, an X-Men book? pardon me. Extraordinary X Men. Oh, okay. It's an X Men book, um, and I don't know if he's in. I can't. I've lost track of whether he's in any of the other ones because I'm behind on those two particular themed teams. But I'm going to make an observation because what, what they're doing with Old Man Logan is they're bringing him out of the wasteland of the future into the present time Marvel with this book, right. He is the anti-Captain America. He is the soldier out of time, but going the opposite direction. So he knows he knows what's going, what's supposedly going to happen in the future, and he's got to fight it. But he, like, he's so much the anti-Captain America. He's the older Logan, so he's more sneaky, more deadly, um, but not as not more as amazing and powerful. Yeah, he's man, you kids get off my lawn. Uh, yeah, or I'll show you the lawn clippings. Um, 
the 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 art in this is uh, is something you have to get used to. It's kind of an acquired who's the artist taste Lemire. Oh, Jeff Lem- Lemire is Lemire. Is no, he's the writer. My Andrea Sorrentino. Sorrentino. Andrea Sorrentino. Yeah. Okay. Um, because Lemire draws too, and he's really yeah, yeah. I'm so I get confused by that. The um, but the imagery in here is very stylized, uh, and we have looks like flashbacks and and flash forwards, and we do have one two page primarily blue uh, spread where Logan with claws extended is jumping off a building in against the blue of the black night lit lit up by a single lightning bolt. Boy, that looks familiar. Yeah. So, uh, but aside from that, I'm, I'm looking forward to this book. Remember when we, we got used to get excited about actual Frank Miller books? Yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, okay. So, Next up for me, I might as well just, just uh, well, I'm going to bring up a quirky one because I think this is one of those that's going to go away from Marvel, but I love the concept of it, which is the Howling Commandos of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, just because it really is sort of the, what do they used to call it, Legion of Monsters. Yes. and But they work for S.H.I.E.L.D. So I am always a sucker for these books. I really, um, I enjoy any book that, could, that can sort of make, us, make a quasi-hero out of, out of man thing. And uh, that they, you know, gave Dum Dum Dugan a better fate than getting shot in the head and having been, you know, died in the '60s. Plus, plus the Howling Commandos includes Hit Monkey in a Shield uniform. So I love that um, the uh, the Assassin Monkey that was created a few years ago. So James Gunn's favorite Marvel character. So, uh, like I said, I don't think this book is particular is doing particularly well, but it is a lot of fun. So. You know, if you're looking for something kind of quirky and in the darker side of the Marvel universe, this is the way to go. I thought it was going to be—I thought it was going to be one of my favorite books. I bought the first issue, and it just didn't grab me. I, I and and I and, and all, you're you're entirely correct in everything you said. I would have, I, I, but um, I think it's just I've had too many Pet Avengers, Howling Commandos, you know, that that don't really matter in the long run. You know, so it's a good. It'll probably be a good story. But I think you're there. It is. That's the problem. It's so hard to to want to commit to any of these because they don't matter in the long run. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, does anything your- really matter in the long run, guys? No, Nate. Because everything keeps getting rebooted. Rebirth in the wind. <laughs> All we are is dust. In- okay, go ahead. Uh, rounding out my three is another FOP book. Friend of the podcast for those of you that okay. don't. Chew fifty four. Uh-huh. Only this issue. Fifty five, fifty six, fifty seven, fifty eight, fifty nine, and sixty is the end. Yeah, uh, it's coming to the end. It's coming to the end. What will happen? Who will survive? <laughs> what will they eat? Exactly. Will chicken ever be legal again? I got to be honest. I'm twenty or so issues behind on this. Because typically what I do is... You bank 20 and then you go for it? No, I bank my favorite books for last when I'm reading. Yeah. Uh, this is what I used to do. It's like your dessert. Exactly. And then I ended up getting like 15 or, you know, 
five ten behind, and I was like, all right, I'm not going to read that. So until you I get only to read end up re- you end up only reading books you don't like that much. Uh, well, for a while, then I would just read. I caught up on Savage Dragon and I caught up on Walking Dead, and those are the two first books I read. And then I'll read like Star Wars and whatever, and I know that I have this huge stack of twenty chews I need to get through. So I have them. I just haven't read them. Yeah. The tortured life of a comic book <laughs> fan, you know, it is right? weird. It's like, and then and then you got to wonder why are we buying books we don't like as much? You know, <laughs> exactly because we think they're going to matter. And they don't. Shut up! Okay. <laughs> uh, on that note, I'm going to go read a story to Mary Jane, and I'll be right back. Okay. Okay. So my last book is Guardians of the Galaxy, number four. And this is the new Guardians that doesn't, uh, that uh, Star-Lord is uh, a secondary player, because he's off being president. We've got Kitty Pride, oh. Kitty Pride leading the team, and Ben Grimm. And I missed that. I think that the uh, the I, I particularly like Ben Grimm on the team because it's not like having another. He's from Earth, but it's not like having another humanoid human on it because he looks like he could be an alien from any other planet. And it was kind of like uh, in the prior one run when uh, when Venom ended up on a planet, yeah. and they all recognized what he was wearing. He's wearing. Are you crazy? He's wearing a symbiote. You know, a symbiote. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and I like the idea of Ben being there because it, it harkens back to Rocky Grimm, Space Ranger. Yes, which was my favorite part of the of the old uh, thing solo series. Um, yeah, somehow I didn't get that. That's not in my stack, and Uh-oh. only because it was not pulled for me. I suspect though a lot of books got shorted by. Diamond, uh, because what we didn't really talk about, but Diamond put out a warning because of the snowstorm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I was afraid no books were going to come in this week, and I'm glad that, you know, we live in sunny California. No offense to the rest of the, of the country, but, you know, that Diamond was very concerned, so I, I suspect that a lot of things just sort of got diverted into different places and, and shorted. I mean, not, let's be honest, not that Diamond service is spectacular anyway, but, um, talked about before but uh, it's still mm. so i will have to make sure i get that this week because i know my son loves guardians of the galaxy so uh let's just go back and check big see. big rocket raccoon cover okay you take a look uh the last thing i'm gonna put on is just uh i picked up one of those fabled trade paperbacks instead of a series that i follow and because i think it's one of the most quietly important series going on today, and that is uh, Greg Rucka and Michael Lark's uh, Lazarus. The fourth volume of the trade paperback came out, uh, science fiction, kind of dystopian future, but um, it's what happens when the 1% just completely take over, and uh, and, and society has collapsed. And, uh, so What's it called again? Lazarus. Oh, Lazarus, yes, yes. Yeah, so it's one of the, you know, it's, it's an interesting... Near future science fiction extrapolation. Uh, the only problem with buying them in trade paperbacks is that when you buy the individual issues, uh, Greg Rucka would include articles, uh, links to articles that that he felt were kind of informing his work and his concerns, and those are not included in the trade paperbacks, which I really miss. Getting those recommendations of like read this and and don't sleep tonight because <laughs> you know because this is what's going on scientifically and why his character. Uh, 
which I don't know why this has not been picked up for a TV series unless he himself has just said he won't. He's not interested in selling it. Uh, Forever Carlisle is the is the Lazarus. So each of the uh, wealthy families have one protector who is the, all the resources go into keeping her him or her because there are male Lazarus as well. Uh, both at tip top condition, uh, strength, reflexes, and essentially immortal. Why they're called Lazarus is if they get killed, they get brought back. So. Uh, it's a really interesting, really interesting series. I'm excited to to read volume four. So uh, that's it for comics. Let's uh, let's let's move into movies. There is uh, kind of a comics related. I'm, I'm pretty sure this is. I, I'm and I'm sorry to dump this on you, but it just struck me when. Uh, I want to say what it was. You reminded me of this, but uh, Hasbro is being sued. I hadn't heard this. Tell me, why are they being sued? They're being sued for. A My Little Pony advertisement that used a font that they had not licensed from the vendor. So, awesome. So it's a uh, uh, the 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 uh, Big H is going to have to pay out. Oh, is it like it's over a million dollars? Well, no. If it if the suit goes through, yeah, uh, they haven't they haven't lost oh, no, no, yet. Have no, they? no, one hundred and fifty thousand dollars per infringement, which would run into millions in this case. So, every time... What, what was the font? Uh, it's a font from a company called Font Bros. And uh, it's called Generation B. Okay. Yeah, so it's... I it's, don't know that that's... Com- I mean, you're right. It's, it's like, that straddles everything. Yeah. Because there'll be a My Little Pony movie again. I think, well, they're mostly showing up on Netflix. I don't know if we call them movies, but yeah. Okay. Interesting. I, I, I don't have anything to say to it. I don't know what yeah, the font looks just, like. It's like, how it's, would they? How could they make such a mistake? Somebody it, got fired. No, it's 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 a it's a it's a rookie mistake because, uh, in fact, I republished this to my presenting crew and said, you know, this is the reason why you you keep track of what fonts you have in your system, where they came from, and what rights you have with them because, uh, yeah, you if you especially if you're doing work for another for a company, um. Because this is likely, you know, companies like Hasbro. I know for a, as a for a fact that they bring in outside people to do their design work, and because mm-hmm. uh, I have a friend who does work for them, and the if if that person uses something that they don't have the rights to use, and then it goes within the corporation, usually they're creating assets to get used over and over again in different divisions and such. So, uh, yeah. Um, Per infringement at one hundred fifty thousand dollars, there could be hundreds of infringements. Wow, you know, and, and this is getting tighter and tighter. You know, we talked when we had Bonnie Burton on, uh, you know, about that the, the, the person that was busted for the Batmobiles, which made totally total sense, right? Um, you know, it, I it went around last week on uh, on Facebook uh, about cosplayers. Uh, I think the and the articles were poorly written and not quite understanding what the issue was. There was a cheerleading uniform company that was being sued for copyright infringement. Really, and uh, and so you know they, their their argument was that basically being a cheerleading uniform means that there there are just it's garments that there's essentially been a kind of you can't copyright a garment, you know. 
you know, because they because it's common. What are you going to do? There's not going to be much of a variation on sleeves or, you know, or pant legs or so forth. But what I think the issue was that they, they were that uh, another cheerleading company uh, had tried to. It was it was the actual designs like the like, you know, cer- certain patterns of lightning bolts, so forth, and then suddenly it brought up that fear again. It's like, are they going to crack down on cosplayers? Uh-huh. And you know, but but again, it comes down to look. If you're a cosplayer, if you're a fan, you can make your own costume. You can't advertise that you are mass marketing the costume for a character you don't own. That's why they turn a blind eye on Artist Alley. You know, Jay Lee or you know, was, any artist at Artist Alley doesn't say go online and say, I've made a print of, uh, you know, you can buy a thousand, I've, I've got a thousand copies of this print of a character I don't own versus, you know, yeah, I'll do a sketch for you. Yeah. Well, you know, that's okay. Re- so Related to that in design world, uh, remember that when the Phase 1 Marvel Universe DVD or Blu-ray collection came out, it was packaged in a suitcase that was originally modeled after the one right. that S.H.I.E.L.D. used in the Avengers, uh, which but was they made had by an Italian company. The, yeah. yeah, the one that the Tesseract was in. And that delayed. They had to first pay the company off, and yeah. then they had to redesign the uh, suitcase, even though yeah. it's plastic and one-third the scale. and you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, uh, this week on the web, there was a guy who basically invested his savings and did a tribute series, web series to the X Men animated series of the '90s called X Men Danger Room, and Marvel shut that down. Yeah, and you know people are saying, well, you know, Paramount's turned a blind eye to uh, all the know, Star to Wars the, to the Star, oh, Star Trek, Trek stuff, Star Trek ones, yeah, but they didn't because that uh, that one about Gareth uh, about Garth rather of uh, Ixnar, Axanar, uh, that's been shut down. Oh, because, really? Because because oh. the difference is when you got the when you did that Star Star Trek the I can't remember what they call the new no, not the new voyages the further voyages or right. the fourth season. Um, Continuing missions or something. The continue whatever they are, and you can find them. We don't have, have the links. It's it's not that you know, Paramount was well aware, but they didn't make any money. The difference was that that Axanar film was they went on to Kickstarter and they got people to pay and they you know, to donate money t- for the production. Right, and, and, and getting a copy and, of the film was a bonus if you pay. If you and they said that they had Hollywood professionals working on it, so it basically caught the attention of all the lawyers saying, "You're it's, making, you know, it's not a bunch of kids in a garage." Yeah, and what I think, well, I think that those other ones the those other circuit ones aren't a bunch of kids in the garage either, unless, you know, like, well, of course we're in a time when you can do a full-scale replica of the Enterprise Bridge, and maybe that is your garage. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I think it, what may happen in this, as we get further into this, as more and more people get the tools and the ability to do stuff like this in fan films, is I think it should be like play production. You license a play that... You know, if you want to do an amateur production of Star Trek, you can license the IP for some for that. Yeah. Because the argument back is like on something like this, Garth of Axnar is 
uh, I'm gonna, you know, Axnar's the name of the film. It's not what he was Garth of. I can't remember what. Uh, I remember the episode, but you know. Uh, anyway, that uh, that if Star Trek Beyond isn't giving the hardcore Star Trek fan the version of Star Trek they want, right? Then why shouldn't Paramount let fans well. pay them? Paramount, as someone who has actually received a cease and desist letter from I know, Paramount, I recall lawyers, that. You know, so I'm saying, why not? Why wouldn't? Why shouldn't? If Paramount's not interested in making the version that those hardcore yeah. fans want to see, and this goes to movies because then we say, you know, Star Trek Beyond has had a lot of controversy with that trailer. Is and, and I don't, and I don't think Paramount should have to make the version that those hardcore fans want to see because that those hardcore fans. Are our age. They're trying to get the kid who fell in love with Guardians of the Galaxy and wants that kind of tone and that kind of action. And they're not in the business to cater to an ever-shrinking fan base. We could have a long discussion about this, but uh, yeah, it's 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 a it's a very complex uh, IP uh, properties uh, protection thing too. So well, no, but I'm saying it's like if I wanted to do a play, I would uh, outside of Shakespeare. You know that you 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 pay a company the right to you right, the and that's to that's it. one thing. But a lot of these people are creating new stories, and that's particularly what Paramount doesn't like. They don't like you taking their characters and using them in stories that they didn't. They well, didn't and I understand and, that, yeah. but they're also but they're also not doing anything with it. I'm saying yeah. that it's an evolution that I think should happen. Lucas allowed fans to create new stories and fan films and not make profits. I don't think any. I don't think doing that 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 film is going to get was going to make that much oh, profit no, no. Be a drop and it wasn't going to keep anyone out of the theaters either right and that's what I, and that's what i'm saying right. is let the fans cater to themselves and raise the money to to pay for that production and to watch it and enjoy it glad they did it you know and uh and it, it couldn't be worse than fantastic four the roger corman version um <laughs> because it's poor, poor Rick, who just doesn't uh, listen. Uh, <laughs> I knew what I was in for. And he decided, you know what? This day was going too well. <laughs> I might as well watch that summer blockbuster Fantastic Four. Um, <laughs> Redefined oh, yeah, blockbuster. How'd that go? <laughs> um, it was only 90 minutes. <laughs> and this is why I, I'm sorry, man. You That's a plus. It. You need to go back to work because you clearly have too much time on your hands when you're like, yes, I'm just going to ruin my evening, and I know I'm going to do it. Um. I was I, I got a new phone, so I spent uh, I spent my I was watching it while I was loading stuff onto the phone. So <laughs> that's great. So it's good and, back. It's decent background noise. Yes. But you know what else is? You could just like uh, take an old record and scratch it. <laughs> And you'd probably be more entertained. <laughs> or turn on VH1 or uh, <laughs> Wii or Bravo and have any of those Real Housewives playing in the background. But now oh, I, I can personally speak definitively <laughs> as to how horrible, horrible, horrible that movie was. Well, okay. once it's available on the uh, streaming, on TV, if, 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 it's still, if I still have HBO when it's available on HBO, I will watch it. Oh, Nate. <laughs> See? See? It's a morbid curiosity. 
I know. It's like it's like when you take a carton of milk that has gone bad <laughs> out of the fridge right. and you taste it. You still it, have and to smell you, it. And then you, you smell it, you taste it, you tell everybody in the house, you got to taste this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, we, anyway. Can we move on to movies? Maybe. We were on to movies. They were just horrible experiences. Uh, I, and I don't know these are any better. Um, no, <laughs> it's uh, Gal Gadot has, and Warner Brothers have revealed that Wonder Woman is uh, 5,000 years old in the continuity of uh, Batman v Superman. Uh, I, I really enjoyed I, I read something from Zack Snyder about uh, about putting Wonder Woman into the film. Like The thing that makes me so unconfident about the quality of Batman v Superman versus like even Suicide Squad is that it does feel like I said from the minute they announced it at at Comic-Con, they were backing into production and deciding, it's going to be like Star Trek in, Into Darkness. They're going to admit, like, uh, we went to film this without a, a script or a real idea what we were doing. Because, Gal, because as Zack Snyder said, well, we realized we had Wonder Woman in the film. We were practically to the Justice League anyway. It's like, that was a realization halfway through production. Yeah. It wasn't like... Amazing. <laughs> you know... A small child wandered onto the set and said, where's the rest of the Justice League? Justice League. And we went, okay. And, oh, uh, might as well throw them in there. Yeah, I, you know, it, it's, it's interesting. I, after watching that special last week, uh, which, by the way, Kevin Smith does a fantastic job of, of being super excited about everything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, like, you can put it that way. <laughs> I, I, well, because he's high. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> and he's got the good Jeff Johns DC Green. Oh, man. Um, you know, uh bringing a whole new meaning to Green Lantern. But uh, that I, every time you cut to Zack Snyder, I wish that Zack Snyder didn't look like he desperately had to go to the bathroom but was trying <laughs> to smile. Every shot I've ever seen of Zack Snyder, that's what he looks like, giving an interview. I, you know, and I feel bad because I think the thing is he's a talented filmmaker who, or at least a talented visual stylist, shall we say, Um and everybody seems to hate him, and he's constantly trying to explain to them why they shouldn't hate him. But, you know, when any filmmaker says, I was really surprised that people really held on to their view of Christopher Reeve as Superman. I didn't realize that was so iconic. Like, then you didn't realize really? anything about Superman. Yeah, he said that. <laughs> and like, and I've liked some, I, and I think he did a, you know, honestly as good a job as anybody would do with Watchmen. I, I think he did, you know, and I'm just, yeah. and 300 is stupid, but I think the graphic novel was like super over macho and, you know, he brought it to life. You know, I think there's a lot of talent there. Um, I don't know that I'm going to watch Sucker Punch again to prove my theory, but yeah. still, uh, you know, I might someday because I do have it. And I think Sucker Punch um, had a fair amount of stuff going for it, but, you know, I maybe, you know, I built it up in my head to be one thing that it wasn't. Yeah. And so now if I know what it is and I'll watch it again from a more critical eye of like, well, what is it really? And, you know, maybe I'll enjoy it better. And I know there are probably people screaming at their computers or iPods right now going, no, who the hell are you? What's wrong with you? Did you not just lecture Rick about Fantastic Four? And, yes. I, I would watch Sucker Punch hypocrisy. five times before I'd watch Fantastic <laughs> Four again. Uh, 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 but that's why, you know, I, I think even that My Miles Teller might even be a good actor. You know, he's in the running for Han Solo, but the reason I don't want him to have Han Solo 
is because it's not even that he's horrible in Fantastic Four. It's just that that movie is horrible. The the last scene where they're all standing at the rail and I he's know, talking no. about oh god, it's like it's fantastic. I think I have a name, dude. <laughs> dude, that's right out of your high school acting class, isn't it? You know. Oh god, no! How dare you, sir? My high school acting not yours, was his. <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay, all right, fine. And when I was teaching acting, believe me, <laughs> we read from Jack. From Stan Lee and Jack Kirby's original text. There you it go. was much better. Yes. Um, but anyway. Uh, okay, can, we, can, we, can we dwell on Wonder Woman a little bit more? Because I'm still reveling in the, uh, the, the, the special that they showed and how good all the scenes worked with her. The ones were just for her. Her, yeah. her back scenes in oh, World I'm War One. I. That. 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 that they should dump Batman v Superman just go right to Wonder Woman. <laughs> no, I want to go right to Suicide Squad and then Wonder Woman. Yeah. But, you know what? If they are as rumored, if they're going to give me Jason Momoa as Aquaman for just a minute in Batman v Superman... It, so, so he's like Spider-Man in the next, uh, uh, next Captain America movie. Yeah. Yeah, well, basically that's what they're saying is that by the end of by the end of Batman v Superman, all the Justice League are there, except Green Lantern because they allegedly haven't cast anybody or decided which Green Lantern they want to lead with because the movie is the reboot for twenty twenty is Green Lantern Corps. Well, Jeff Good. Johns made it sound like the Green Lantern Corps would be at at the end of the movie. Yeah, I, just gonna I, fly by in the sky. You know, on. there's still time. There's still time. Yes, exactly. They can do like the end of Smallville. They can just CG a little tiny Green Lantern. It's like the Blue Angels come exactly. over. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, anyway, Bob Iger gave an interview, speaking of 2020, uh, revealing that, unsurprisingly, Disney has plans for Star Wars and, and Marvel past 2019. Did he have to actually express that in order for people to know that? I guess so. Dude, 2019 is only three years away. It's not that big a, you know, the fact that they've got three-year plans out there. I, yeah, but I guess the thing is, like, I just assumed that, of course, there would be Star Wars past the trilogy. Right. Uh, and, of course, they would be telling anthology stories as long as they could figure out something decent. That's why there's all these rumors about, yeah. is there going to be a ben, an Obi-Wan Kenobi? And I know that, you know, okay, so they've only named the movies for Marvel up to 2019 within humans, apparently, you know, is the last one that's been named. Yeah. But, but that's only the last of, what is that, phase three by then? Yeah. 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 So, exactly. I mean, who, journalists today are really sharp. Did somebody ask him this or did he come yes, up with I, it on his own? Somebody asked him this. So, yeah. The person I, needs I, to I have mean, their I, press pass to Comic-Con revoked and given I, to me. Yeah. Although I suspect that part of it is, too, in a larger context that Iger's supposed to step down, which I hope he won't do. But, uh, you know, now that he's got a stadium going in Inglewood, right, uh, you know, that he's part of, part of that. Um, so uh, he's got his exit strategy from Disney, and, I, and he's put it off a couple times. So I'm hoping he will still keep putting it off because I think he's been great for the company. But that's it. And speaking of other... Uh, I didn't realize we were still talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger returning as Conan, but he apparently gave an interview in which he said 
that the film that had originally been announced called The Legend of Conan is now back to being called Conan the Conqueror. It's still in the books. The plan for him to be to fulfill that promise of the first John Milius film of Conan as an old man sitting on the on the king sitting on the throne. Uh, Love it. I, I do want to see it. You know, it, 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 so apparently it's been renamed as Conan the Conqueror. And uh, then there's a rumor that that's going they're going to like set it up as the whole all the Robert E. Howard crossovers. So you can I don't know if you could have Red Sonia. I don't know if Howard's estate owns that anymore. Because uh, because he didn't really write Red Sonia the way she appeared in the Conan comics. I no, but it'd be hard pressed for anyone. They they made some Red Sonia movies. And they made one. They made one. Yes, say more than one with Brigitte Nielsen and yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. And wasn't Ernie Reyes Jr. in that one? Yes. Yes. No, he was. Was he in that one or was he in Conan? No. Yeah, you're right. He was. He was in Red Sonia. Yeah. It was Olivia Dabo in Conan the Destroyer, the uh, the one plot where yeah. she was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, they had Wilt Chamberlain in it. Yes, yes. all and it, and all the the football players. Yes. So anyway, it actually uh, wasn't a bad movie. Um, I I think one? I'd like to see Schwarzenegger do old Conan. I mean, and if, especially if they give him. Uh, Khan, his son, you know, to yes. do, you know, they get a decently buff, uh, yeah, new Conan, the Rock, Neo Conan. That had been rumored for a while. At one point, it was supposed to be that Dwayne Johnson was going to play Khan. Um, I mean, but right now, Jason Momoa could take it. I mean, he's played Conan. Why not let him play Khan? Yeah, that would confuse too many people, Derek. Or you know, Schwarzenegger's actual son, who was on Scream Queens. Oh yeah, yeah, Patrick. He's not that buff, though. He's just sort of... He favors the Kennedy side. Yeah, Good but... for him. <laughs> Good for him! <laughs> He's got straight teeth. They, they can put these they, they can put these actors into these, like, seven-month uh, weightlifting programs with the special trainer who doesn't let them eat anything. Yeah, but you know what? I don't think the Schwarzeneggers get along well enough right now. Yeah, okay. I, I believe there's still some um, rift there. Oh, yeah. Um, that's right. Maze. Yeah. Yes. Shh. Maybe the maid son can play. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. So, hey, uh, a movie you told us about a while back, Nate, finally had mm-hmm. a trailer released for Keanu. So I just wanted to bring that up again. Uh, since that trailer was out there, we can't reproduce the Red Band trailer because it's too foul-mouthed for this but podcast. But you can go find it on your own, kids. Oh, just Google absolutely. Keanu Red Band trailer. Oh, yeah. Pretty the funny. movie is awesome. And I guess you really can't say anything more than that, but that is... Uh, That's all I need to say. That is the Key and Peele, <laughs> right? That's the Key and Peele uh, first official film comedy featuring them. Uh, and uh, Keegan, Michael Key, was on the podcast a few months ago and talked briefly about it because there wasn't much he could say either. But it does look very, very funny. I wonder uh, if we could get both of them on someday in the future. Oh, Nate... That would require you. (laughs) Find out. I would love to get them both on. And then, you know, I mean, we handled ourselves well with Key. Now, if you had both of them, it might just be uh, like the the Chris Farley show. Do you remember when you did that (laughs) sketch? And that was funny. (laughs) So, anyway. Let's see, I go to TV because there is uh, a a few things have happened. Uh, Did did my notes sink down? What? 
We had breaking news that I put in the note. I don't have it. Okay. I'll just do it then. Okay. So Los Angeles Times uh, announced, uh, well, had an article today uh, that Harrison Ford will, uh, during a Disney, Disneyland, the Wonderful World of Disneyland, Disneyland 60, airing on February 21st, Harrison Ford will do a... Uh, a walkthrough of the the Star Wars themed lands on TV going which over. I think we can officially call I think they're officially called Star Wars land I uh, let's see Star it's a, they're just saying Star Wars themed lands in the article, yeah I, so. I understand I'm just saying yeah. I think officially that that's in, in the other articles because the LA Times has been weird about their coverage I'm pretty sure that the Disney Park blog has already said it's Star Wars Land, but okay. No, okay. But uh, but Han Solo will will walk us through uh, the the uh, the theme lands, including the one big attraction that we need him to do is the Millennium Falcon. Um, will he be appearing as a Force ghost? I don't think so. I think he's probably okay. going to be. Uh, oh my walking, God! Spoilers. Walking around in regular day clothes. Not at this point. Even you've seen it, and you don't do anything. I went the night before opening night, but Tiffany still hasn't seen it. We're hopefully oh, going Friday. Well, I assume she does not listen to the podcast. You would be correct. Yes, thank you. <laughs> so also in the also in the special, the Los Angeles Philharmonic will be doing a performance of The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Elton John will perform in a fireworks show. And uh, Harrison Ford. Which, there we go. This is this is the second Star Wars special that he's been on on TV. They Not really. No, no, <laughs> that first one doesn't exist. Oh, yeah. Which is better, Star, <laughs> Star, the Star Wars Holiday Special or Fantastic Four? Star Wars Holiday F- Special. <laughs> <laughs> you know why? Because it has the Boba Fett cartoon in it. I think. I think what we should do is shut down Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> Move them all into a screening room and make them watch Fantastic Four and the Star over Wars and over special. and over again. They'll confess, and then we will all be tried for war crimes. Uh, so you see them going, "You ruined the Fantastic Four. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's some, some terrorist going, "Where is my Reed Richards? That is <laughs> exactly. not the spirit of Jack Kirby." Um, oh my God, that was horribly offensive. I don't think that should stay. <laughs> But anyway, maybe. The English accent you just did was offensive. <laughs> he was doing Sir Ben Kingsley. Ah, uh, I was doing Michal. <laughs> so that's okay. I was mocking Michal Saman directly. Um, so anyway, uh, TV news. Just uh, So you just had that about Harrison Ford. I assume that's on ABC, that special? I... Not on the Disney Channel? It would have to be on ABC. Or what's, what's ABC Family called now? It, is, Fast it was Lane an ABC something? announcement, so I'm assuming it's on ABC. Okay. Yeah, that's right. I, I don't remember what, what <laughs> ABC Family changed its name to, but launched with Mortal Instruments, which was also a movie. Well, no, it was Mortal Instruments, Mortal was, Instruments not as bad, was not as bad as Fantastic Four because at least I could laugh through Mortal Instruments. I found that hilarious. Freeform. Freeform. Woo! Okay, we're going freeform here. Anyway, they're moving forward with the, uh, not freeform, but ABC is moving forward with the Marvel's Most Wanted pilot that we talked about earlier. Yes. And they cast a character that I did not foresee them casting. Uh, that that they've added Dominic Fortune 
to the pilot Woo-hoo. as a character who is the 30s uh, bounty hunter, a soldier of fortune created by Howard Chaikin. Created by Howard Chaikin as the Scorpion. As the Scorpion for Atlas Comics, and then and that went belly up, and he just walked across the street to Marvel and retooled the character as Dominic Fortune. Uh, after I... Del- Delroy Lindo has been cast as Dominic Fortune. I'm such, n- I'm such not... a Dominic Fortune fan. Yes. Did I ever tell you what I, what I conned my mother into making for me? Yes, you did. I still have it. Do you still wear it? It don't fit me anymore, but okay. it'll fit Justin. Okay. The the double breasted wide and lapel vest. Yeah, this is why you this is why you work out, isn't it? You're hoping one day to oh someday I'll fit back into to that to get back into that. I'll be five years vest. dead, but I'll fit into that. <laughs> Ooh, but what a vest! <laughs> uh, <laughs> it looks vaguely chicken esque. Uh, yeah, so so it's an interesting cast, it, and only because. I guess well, you got to do it. Is you got to update Dominic Fortune. He can't be a '30s soldier of fortune. I mean, because he had appeared in some frozen Marvel comics ice. as an old man, right? Yes. He hasn't been frozen or anything. No, He's, no, yeah, no. He 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 was. Uh, they did a updated of him. I don't think they. I think they brought him up to the '60s. So he was oh, like 30 okay, years older. So he's like 50 or 60 years old, and uh, and he was an older older character, but he was still. Um, and I think there was there was an anthology um, book called Weird Heroes, and I'm pretty sure that Chaikin illustrated another character that was kind of a spinoff of that. And it, well, may, it may have been Greatheart Silver that was done by uh, many many of yes many of Chaikin's uh, characters are riffs yeah. off of that same character yeah i mean even you go to Times squared that the graphic novel series and even yep. to some extent there's a lot of there's a lot of dominic fortune in american flag yes there is so you know yeah uh i'm gonna swap a couple things here the doctor who shake up last week in case nate needs to run and take 10 to his baby uh <laughs> that steve Stephen moffat announced uh, or the BBC announced that Stephen Moffat is stepping down. It's no surprise. You know, these rumblings have been going on for some time. Uh, the only downside for us is that uh, uh, that we don't get any new Doctor Who season in 2016. We only get a Christmas special, so we have to wait almost a year. But as I believe it was Andrew Tremblay pointed out today on Facebook, uh, it's still better than uh, the 15 years that people waited uh, <laughs> when Moses led us past the <laughs> we wandered and, uh, in the desert so Stephen Moffat is stepping down and he's, his last season will be in 2017 and Chris Chibnall will be taking over as showrunner uh, and Chris Chibnall is the creator of Broadchurch but I, and I believe he, he was a showrunner on Torchwood and he'd written a couple of episodes of Doctor Who uh, in the early Tenant run I think um so it's it's interesting. So uh, have they announced another run of Sherlock, which is another Moffat written? Uh, two years off. Two years off. Two years okay. off. Yeah. Okay. The Abominable Bride pretty much ends on a cliffhanger, and we gotta wait a couple years to do it. it's. It's like a Star Wars thing. It's like an Empire Strikes Back: Return of the Jedi thing. Get yeah, over it, yeah. kids. Um, but it, it is interesting. I I picked up that it was also an interview. Uh, where they announced to, not to my surprise at all, because I wrote it in the Fanboy Planet article on it, 
is that it, uh, Moffat's last season will be Peter Capaldi's last season as well. Uh, and, and so Chibnall is going to get to, you know, is going to cast his doctor. And it makes sense. I mean, when when Russell Davis left, you know, David Tennant stepped down with him. And, you know, so I think it's, it's I think a showrunner should get two doctors. And, uh, and, then and call me in the morning. Yeah, and get and get out. Yeah. So uh, we got the X-Files back this week. Did you guys have a chance to? I did. Or an interest in watching? I saw the first uh, 26 minutes before it cut off because of the stupid oh, NFL postgame oh. show. You, I warned you on Facebook. You didn't see that. Oh, you warned me after it already happened. Yeah. Oh, that's I was, that's right. The problem was I was gone. Where was I that day? Oh, we had to go to a, a first birthday party for one of Mary Jane's friends. All the way in Corona, California, which is 80-some-odd miles from here. So okay. wasn't home in time to change any of the uh, DVR details. And it wasn't even that they they delayed it for football. They delayed it for the post game where the dumb yeah, older the game jocks was are over. just talking. And it's they, not the Super Bowl. Nobody cares about the NFC Championship trophy being handed out. They delayed it. They delayed it thirty six minutes, which means that even if you had extended your broadcast your recording time by 30 minutes which is usually the maximum you can on any dvr you're still going to miss six minutes and the last six minutes were of course x x files minutes oh i um, beg to differ that that's the most on any dvr because a uverse dvr allows you to go up to three or four hours oh, beyond. Okay. well then it's got one thing going <laughs> for it so but i didn't do that so it doesn't matter yeah did you watch it's it derek I watched both episodes. Is it available online anywhere? Do we know? Yes. Hulu. Hulu has it, and I don't think it's uh, behind their paywall. I think the free Hulu service will still have it. I think the Wonderful. Fox site has it, too. Awesome. Yes, yes. So you can. I tweeted Fox and asked, but they don't respond to those kinds of innocent questions <laughs> from fans. Innocent questions. Ask civilly, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah, I really all I said was, "Hey, are you guys going to replay it, or is it available online?" And I've received no response whatsoever. Uh, yeah, you'll get one out in a couple of weeks. Yeah, when it's no longer available. <laughs> exactly. Too bad you didn't you can, ask earlier. You can watch it for uh, ninety nine cents. No, I yeah. thought it was. Uh, I I liked the. Uh, I, I I I fell right in with Mulder again. Scully, I can't get over the fact that she's had some work done on her face. Yeah, I think. <laughs> The mistake with the series so far to me is I is is using the original titles. Yeah, because it just reminds me how babyface they were. Yeah, and, and especially her because you know she was she was way too young to play the part in the first place. You know, I, I and she made it her own, but you know, like when she was cast, she was like twenty five. Yeah, and and Scully was was supposed to be older than that, but um, it just really highlights. It's like wow. And then you know how they look now, and they look—they both look good. It's yeah. just you know, it, it's just uh, this. These titles are we mean. The first episode really bothered me because it was everything that I loved and hated about the about the old show. You mean the shaking your shaking the uh, plot around? Yes, the absolute absolute incoherence of of what the uh, of what the conspiracy is supposed to be now. Yeah, and and there's even a part in the second episode where he said something, and I'm like, oh, he's reciting 
from that stupid hidden track yes. on the movie's yes. soundtrack. <laughs> and so, I think that's uh, actually in the first episode. I, I can't. Okay. Where he's talking about the, the human-alien hybrids and stuff. Yes, yes. And I'm just like, and he's even saying it with Chris Carter's inflection. <laughs> exactly. And I'm just like, I okay, caught on to that too. this is why I hate it. But the second episode, I thought, by diverting with, you know, that there are other un- unforeseen consequences, and it sort of realigned things. So I was like, oh, okay, you're not actually, the first episode made it seem like all of that <laughs> 10 seasons had been a lie. Yeah. And then the second episode, they sort of backpedaled from that. And so I was like, okay, fine, you know. But it's like, <laughs> because it makes no sense to cover up what they're really doing. They've made an even more elaborate conspiracy hoax. And, you know, it just it, it just stopped making sense to me. But the second episode was much stronger. Visually, and- they, they did the kind of thing that I, that, always wrenched my heart in the first series where I'll give you an example of it. The, um, the artificial alien aircraft. Yeah. Right. Which was just so beautifully handled, you know, it, it floats up and they're all in a wonder about it. And it's all the wonder and, and craziness and, and molders like this, this is real. And I, I, I do believe. And then to have the black ops guys come in and plant the bombs on it and blow the whole thing to smithereens. It's like, and there goes all the evidence. Right. I mean, well, you can't. And and that's the thing. At a certain point, it's it's just, uh, yeah. It it sort of, to me, ignored. And I didn't see the second movie, but uh, but it sort of ignored the, uh, you know, how the series had ended, and didn't and didn't deal with that too well. But but it's fun. It's good to see them back, and the rhythms are there, and the reasons people. Like the show, or as I said, is is it, it felt like everything I loved about it, and everything I didn't love about it was in that first episode, and then the second episode won me back. And completely, um, I've forgotten his name. Their boss, um, Skinner. 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 Jesus, did they put him? They just put him on ice, brought him, him out of ice, and gave him a goatee, and said, "Now act a little older." But the guy is is buff and vital. He makes Mulder look like an old man. Wonder. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. So. So, yeah. That's fun. Six six episodes and a movie. (laughs) No. Well, maybe another movie. Or maybe another six episodes. Like I say, I like seeing these things in bite sizes when you've got a story to tell. Yeah. And as a result, apparently the ratings were really great. And so now uh, Chris Carter's talking about he wants to try to find a way to um, revive Millennium. Ooh, I loved Millennium. So, you know, I mean, it could, it could. And that's one that just ended without any kind of... Right, right. So, of course, the Millennium is past, so, I, you know, I'm not sure that you can call it something. Millennium plus 15, or, you know, or plus 16. So... Well, Millennium it, was the ushering in of a new era, so I think the name would still work for me. Well, I'd still like to see it. I mean, because didn't they cross over with X-Files? You could just, next season, bring in X-Files and Millennium together. Sure, yeah. Do another Frank... Frank Black with them, so you know I, I I like these shorter bites, and and you know it's like I haven't had a chance to watch Agent Carter yet, but I love that that's going to be and so what I'm hoping if Mar if ABC goes forward with Most Wanted, we just rotate twelve good episodes of Shield, twelve good episodes of Most Wanted, twelve good episodes of Agent Carter. Yeah. I really liked Agent Carter so far. Okay, good. I'm I'm hoping to get. Was, to that. It, was it three episodes or two? 
They did two episodes last week and then one episode one, last okay. night. Yeah, so I watched all three. Okay. Yeah, I last watched night. last night's. Um. Yeah, I, I did like the the opening fight scene with the, uh, with the new haircut, and I like the hat. That was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then oh, Jarvis's girlfriend. Hilarious. She's she's just amazing. Yeah. Oh, good. Good. Well, you should watch right. it, Dirk. I should watch. I intend to. Thanks. Uh, all right. So uh, that's all. Heroes Reborn also finished. And finished. What I okay? Did you watch that? I did. Oh wow. So <laughs> my kids did too. They loved it. Okay. Uh, I liked it. It wasn't as good as the first season of Heroes. It was better than the second and third seasons. Okay. The obviously when it was originally announced, it was announced as a single season or mini series or whatever, however they called it. Yeah. And then of course they announced later on that it was canceled and it won't be back, which made no sense because it wasn't supposed to be back. But then when you get to the end of the show, there's another cliffhanger. So they were thinking of, oh, Very we nice. could do this again. Yeah. 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 And they were doing ebooks, and they were trying, uh, you know, they were trying to make, which I think is. Look, if you if you like it and it's pro- and probably better there, maybe the books are worth reading. I you know I, I don't know, so yeah. But it seems to me that that's the kind of thing that would that I, I, I don't know. It, it, it just because I was so bothered by um, <laughs> you know the way the old one ended, I had no interest in re- in watching the new one. But but like I said, my kids got into it and they really really enjoyed it. I, and they love I, Hito. I started, I wanted to, but there was just nothing about the first two episodes that grabbed me. And I guess they brought in more of the old characters as it went on, um, but they had lost me already. They brought them in and got rid of them quickly. Yeah, okay. They yeah. weren't, they were, all the original characters were not going to be regulars on the show. They were just like, oh, here's so-and-so. It's like, oh, great. Okay, see you later. Yeah. Okay. Yay. So... All right. Well, uh, we go. That's pretty much all we have to talk about this week. Um, although uh, Lucifer was uh, uh, debuted, and I don't think any of us watched it. I watched the last twenty minutes of it. Okay. It turned into a police procedural at the end, and I really think I'm not going to watch anymore. That's I I, I feared that's what it was going to be. So, like I said, that was to me when I heard that it wasn't that enticing although i've heard it had a couple people tell me well he's hot so we really want to watch it yeah, yeah. um you, you know <laughs> it's like going okay but it's not going to hold a candle to what the books were and uh you know i i'm glad that there's one that's not very good so that i can not watch it and not feel bad yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or if, no, it, if it turns around you can binge it over the summer you know which is what you know yeah what I always do. Did you so, guys see this? All I saw was a headline. I don't know if he was asked the question by some random journalist, if he brought it up, if CBS brought it up, but there was some Tom headline Welling. about Tom Welling appearing as Superman on Supergirl, no, and would he be willing to do that? A journalist asked him, and okay. he said it would be weird. He dodged the question well. Good. He did not, uh, well, because, you know, he... look. If he didn't you know, want to do it when he was doing it. Right, exactly. And he said, and he at least gave a better answer. He said, like, 
he was uncomfortable in the series because he because there were very long days, blah blah blah. But so you know, if you're a guest star, it's something different. But um, I, you know, but the thing is, I don't think he is that Superman. Even if they wanted to, you know what I what I mean is I, I is that that Supergirl is firmly in the uh, Christopher the, Reeves the Christopher Reeves Superman. Yeah. There was already a Supergirl on Smallville, and they cast Laura Vander Vandervoort, the yeah. actress, in, a, in another role on on Supergirl. So I think somebody else has to play Superman there. But if they did say onto a parallel Earth through like the Flash, and you saw Tom Welling as Superman, and that was the Smallville universe, that would make sense to me. That would and be okay and make me squeak. I just because don't. I just don't think that this. Supergirl should be her own universe apart from everybody else because it's working. It doesn't. Well, yeah, but I think. Uh, but I, I wouldn't mind if, if CBS and CW crosses over. But I don't want to cross over with, with an old series. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I buy the alternate universe with, uh, with the Smallville Superman, and that will work. That'd be fine for an episode. Yeah, but as far, no, I, but as, far yeah. as establishing, and I, you know, I don't even mind if if they establish that they're in the same universe as the Flash and Arrow. Um, but I think what's making that show for me is she's she is alone as a you know she's not alone because she's got her her crew and stuff, but she's alone in the uh, in the pantheon of of big superheroes and let her make her own. I mean. She, Supergirl is not the biggest biggest character out there. Never has been. So bringing somebody else on just kind of, kind of diminishes her in my mind. Well, I am grateful that it means that you know Sterling Gates gets to write the book again. Yeah. So that which they're doing digital first to see and test. But um, so maybe you know I, again the Supergirl the television series is arguably more popular once again than the comic book ever was. So, oh, absolutely! You know, and, and I enjoy. I, there are there are moments that make me cringe, but that's television. That's episodic television that's aimed at the whole family. There are things that I think are just a little silly, and then there are things I think are really well done. And I enjoy this. I enjoy the show. So, I think it's the Callista Flockhart bump on the. Uh, the well, and the other, you know, and the other thing is too is what used to drive me crazy about Smallville. Some shows should not be binge watched, and I don't think the CW and CB, you know regular network television should not be binge watched. You watch an HBO series like Game of Thrones, yes, you should just watch thirteen hours back to back because they're not you know because they are cliffhangers. It's a it's a leading thing. Whereas the network television is still operating under the assumption that you're not going to see every episode. You're going to watch once. You might be out next week. They're still operating, thinking, forgetting that people time shift and record. Well, they still do enough exposition that you can that you can miss an episode. Right. Well, they do, and that's the point. But then, but then the thing is, if you binge watch, boy, that repetition gets annoying. <laughs> so I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah. Watch out. Once again, if you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. I'm Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com. I'm Dave Costa. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to use, use your, your powers, powers only for good. For good.
thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatluke.com.